Welcome back to the Badge and Beyond Inside the World of LVMPD. I'm your host, Joe Bartels. We are excited about this episode. We have a thrilling conversation lined up with our dear friends at Fusion Watch. They are the virtual eyes and ears of our agency. They protect a large area of Las Vegas. They also help keep our tourists and locals safe on the Strip. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer, so let's get right into the interview. Uh, Lieutenant Bill Steinmetz, thanks so much for joining us. I want to get to know a little bit about you. Um, How did you start your career in law enforcement? Well, before I say that, I got to say thanks to the uh, to the charismatic enigma himself, the Joe Bartels. Thanks for inviting <laughs> me and having me on the course, podcast. Yes. Very, very cool uh, and honor for me. So, but uh, how did Bill Steinmetz, not to speak in the third person here, but get into law enforcement? Mm-hmm. So, a little bit of a unique story. I, I, I'm from New York, uh, just like our under sheriff uh, from Long Island, uh, as is my wife, who's on our police department. Shout mm-hmm. out to uh, the great CSI section. Uh, but uh, so I was actually a computer engineer before this. Wow. I uh, went to engineering school in, in New York and Brooklyn. Uh, I had my degree in mechanical engineering and, and was a, a computer engineer previous life for about five years. Um, and uh, as you can tell, I, I don't have any issues uh, chatting it up with people yeah. like yourself and <laughs> uh, not to be disparaging of, of previous jobs. But, you know, the engineer world is a unique one. And, and, and you know, you're, you're chatting with folks who really don't want to chat back. So, right, 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 right. so uh, you know, I was always very intrigued into the police career. I mean, I have family that are in it, um, you know, uh, role models in my community and, and friends that were uh, police officers back east. And I said, man, this is such an honorable job. And there's a lot of great perks to the job too. You know, just an honorable thing where you get to go home and be happy about what you've done for the day and serve in your community. So uh, yeah, I left New York back in uh, back in now, what is it, 2005 or so. Okay. Um, I, I wound up testing for police out in New York when I was an engineer. And uh, back there, uh, Suffolk County Police Department, one of the highest you know paid police departments in the country, mm-hmm. you had to be six foot tall and weigh 200 pounds to be a police officer back there. Oh, wow. And right as I tested, they changed that. But let's just say I did not. I know we don't have video for our viewers here, but I did not meet that cutoff. Okay. Um, and uh, almost hired on with New York State Troopers and said, you know what, Las Vegas is a beautiful place, and here I am. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about maybe your day-to-day. You are in our Fusion Watch Center. Describe what that is and what does your day-to-day maybe look like and what their operations consist of? Yeah, so uh, I, I'm proudly a part of Fusion Watch. That's the uh, one of the units that work underneath uh, our section known as the technical operations section, right? We have all, I call them the, you know, the the tactical or tactical nerds on the <laughs> department, right? It's all the people. And I say that with, with uh, pride. They're sure. the, the folks working from behind a keyboard, policing from behind a keyboard. It's a mix, mixture of, you know, commissioned officers that, you know, test for that position, uh, civilian specialists, you know, former dispatchers, former CSI, and, and all those high-speed uh, places on the department that are civilians, Grace. Um, and basically, they work from, from behind a keyboard in our Fusion Watch uh, Operations Center. It's a, to be quite honest, very much like the movies, you know, never... It, Typically isn't, right, when you right, talk right, about right. these things, but um, you watch uh, CSI, you watch any of those things. They're sitting from behind a keyboard or those. I always like to say the, the Jason Bourne movies, right? It's like, oh, we got Bourne on camera six. They work in a an operations center with tons of monitors. Uh, I joke around and say we're a glorified Best Buy with all the screens that we have right, uh, right. on scene, but they're behind, behind a computer uh, using all the technologies out there, policing technologies, fighting crime and terrorism in real time. It's, it's, it's an awesome sight. So kind of set the scene. You go into this room. It's lined with monitors in the front. You have rows of computers. You have scanners going. You have these uh, folks on radio. They're listening to dispatch. 
Um, what are some of the the different technology technologies that are in this section? There's some cool stuff. There's facial recognition. There's license plate. Go through like the whole list of things that you have that they have at their fingertips. Sure. And to set the scene a little bit, it's it, like you said. You walk in. There's basically rows of uh, of all sorts of screens and computers all over the wall. There's alert systems and and lights to let you know what kind of operations and things we have going on, and to let those that walk in know what we're doing too. You know, to right. to make sure that they're situationally aware. But, you know, our personnel are on the watch for you, the mixture of the folks that I just mentioned to include sergeants and supervisors, uh, but on their screens and, uh, and I'll kind of at the end here, throw a little silly thing we tried out, but you know, they're almost surrounded with screens, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's curved screens, there's three, four, five, six monitors at every station. They're monitoring our police calls for service. They're monitoring our public safety cameras that we have in the Valley. Those are, you know, the red and blue flashing lights that are overt that you see out there that right. our public can see. Uh, you know, I'd like to point out that none of those are in any residential neighborhoods or anything. We're very specific on and take uh, pride in the mm -hmm. privacy and, and uh, respect to privacy of our citizens. So those are all, all on major thoroughfares. But our cameras that are out there, public safety cameras, uh, license plate reader camera technology, they're doing facial recognition investigations. Like you mentioned, they have gunshot detection that's up and going. You know, social media that they're monitoring the news and, and things that are happening around our valley and, and across the country and around the world. Um, you know, uh, house arrest monitoring, uh, drone detection. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Uh, and, and Joe, I, I, the joke I was going to make, that's probably a terrible one, was, you know, you always try to innovate, right? You always try to say, how can we make their job easier and do less with more, right? Or more with less, excuse me. That's mm -hmm. my little catchphrase that I screwed up there. Uh, we actually experimented with virtual reality, right? With virtual reality goggles and the uh, augmented reality to where, hey, can we use these goggles to make monitors for these people so they can see mm -hmm. and have, you know, a bigger field of view yeah. and... You know, our folks are spinning around their chairs, falling out of their chairs. I said, maybe this is not the best supervisory <laughs> right. decision. So we yeah. went down another path with that. But uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy site. we got news up and going. We have event screens of all the major things going on around the valley and, and, and a true virtual picture of what's happening to better police and help our community and fight crime. So when you talk about Fusion Watch and all of the different technology that you have and your folks have at their disposal, how does their presence help with addressing criminal investigations or major uh, events that are going on or just overall crime suppression because you know i've seen stories i've heard the, the 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 stories that go on and seen video actually you know you're talking within seconds you get an alert about a crime a shooting or something maybe in some part of the valley you know gunshot detection comes in faster than people can call it in and immediately you have a you know a fusion watch specialist that has maybe a camera in the area and they've caught people and solved crimes it's it's really incredible can you talk about uh, some of the the things that this enables us to do as a as an agency yeah of course and, and one of the exciting things you know I, I won't claim to be you know the old the proverbial salty cop but you know 18 uh, plus years on the department and after a while you know you being in patrol most of my career you know I'm very passionate about that stuff mm -hmm. and that type of policing is you know, it tends to, after a while, lose its luster a little bit. Um, but in the job that I'm in now, I get to hop out of my office. I, I make fun of myself and call myself an Outlook warrior, right? At Microsoft Outlook, you're fielding emails, working projects, and sure. you're not really involved in the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. cool, cool factor activities. But I get to go see it, right? right? So I'm in my office, and I hear the alert turns go, excuse me, the alert tones go off for a high-priority call. And I hop out of my office, and I walk out to the watch floor, 
and it's like I'm a kid again. Like I'm a brand new cop. You know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. The goosebumps start to uh, get going there, and you get to see what they're doing. And I'll and I'll just paint a very vague picture, uh, but to kind of incite some of the excitement you're talking about and that I just alluded to is, you know, you hear the alert tone go off. There's mm-hmm. a say a shooting at an intersection and. The, the men and women that I have working for our unit is uh, are, are incredible. Um, the way they leverage these technologies, not only you know respectful to the public and the way they use them, but just the the excellence of execution that they that they leverage is is profound. Um, you know that shooting pops up, they're looking like you said for the nearest cameras. They say, okay, we got a gunshot detection alert. Okay, we know where the shooting's taking place within X amount of feet. They're looking for the nearest camera. They're hopping on and they're locating a suspect vehicle within seconds right and so these are calls that a cop would have taken a few minutes to get to the suspect's gone right and now our team has eyes on these folks right away and they're giving real-time information you you alluded to this earlier one of the things they're monitoring every single radio channel across our valley right the police radios there's we have 10 area commands for those that don't know uh and then there's all sorts of different channels that they're working tactical operations or playing close operations or special events right. They're listening to everything, and they're hopping on, and they'll find the camera. They'll find even you know publicly available cameras. They'll use whatever resources they have. They'll locate the vehicle. They'll do a tactical workup. They'll find out where the vehicle's going, you know, to give that information to officers. And then, uh, say the suspect. And this happens all the time, right? Suspect pops out of the vehicle. They're armed with a firearm. Right. You know, in real time, they're giving the officers that information because you know we're not just there to. Uh, arrest people where they're to uh, alleviate and reduce officer involved shootings. Right. So, mm-hmm. and we've had this happen regularly. I'll say, you know, maybe once or twice a week, there's an armed subject they get out of the vehicle. Well, fusion watch the personnel, they say, Hey, subject dropped the gun, you know, threw it to the side. Uh, and, and if I may just share a brief story, if it's okay, no, please. Um, there was a call in downtown area. I want to say it was within the last year. Now I'll leave again, the situation uh, slightly vague in case it's an open case. It might be, but there was a subject in downtown area near our tourist corridor that was held somebody uh, hostage from a local convenience store and walked out with the subject at gunpoint and then f- was basically running through a neighborhood near the tourist corridor firing off rounds, wow. right? Yeah. So, and I know, our, uh, our, depending on the listeners here, but you, you kind of know that that's a crazy situation, whether you're a citizen, whether you're a cop responding to that, right? You're a police officer. Those are the calls that when you're responding to, you're worried about. You know, oh, I don't sure. care if you're the toughest cop out there or you're a newer cop. That that stuff gets you worked up, right? So the Fusion Watch team jumps on that call, sees the subject walking around the street with the hostage, and gets on the radio and says, hey, they're running this way. He's hunkered down. He's hiding behind this wall. Hey, he just tossed the firearm over the wall. He's not actively armed, right? So now you have our supervisors on the radio channel going, Okay, cool. Let's come up with a tactical plan, right? Let's let's address this in a safe way, and right. and they're reducing shootings. They're you know they're they're just doing incredible work. So, uh, I of course lost track of the original question, but the the essence was the the excitement and how they manage these scenes and how they do things to to help our community. It's just it's it's incredible. Yeah, and you've mentioned it. Um, it's the the timeliness of it and how quickly. One can just literally start selecting, you know, buttons on a monitor or on a a computer versus having to drive to that location, get the air unit up or get them from whatever call they were on to the call you're talking about to get eyes on the scene and have that kind of situational awareness. So Fusion Watch, you know, takes that kind of 
distance out of the equation in some respects and, and able to respond to those calls almost instantaneously. And I know there's so much more that um, is on the horizon for, for Fusion Watch and what the capabilities are. One of the questions that maybe comes up sometimes is what challenges does Fusion Watch face in its operations and how does it adapt to new technology advancements or even changes in kind of maybe criminal behavior? That's a great question. I, I would say somewhat of a multifold answer. Or I'll keep it somewhat simple sure. just because I don't want to drone on too long. You see my little dad joke mm -hmm. there, drone mm -hmm. on. All right. Mm -hmm. I try. I, I try. I I try. Okay. <laughs> Told you we're nerds. You know, you can't have the best jokes. So basically, we, are, we have a great, and I don't mean to sound corny here, but we have a great setup within LVMPD and our Southern Nevada Counterterrorism Center where uh, Fusion Watch is a part of. It's our fusion center. There's 80 in the country, a bunch of different. Uh, entities from fire department to local law enforcement entities to, you know, even National Insurance Crime Bureau or within one uh, uh, unit in our fusion center to where we improve communication mm -hmm. uh, post 9-11 uh, basically was how those fusion centers were born. But we have very, very solid policies and procedures. And one of the things that when it comes to new technology is we have a, what's called a technology governance board, right? Well, okay, mm -hmm. sounds, you know, lame and boring, but basically it's a board that Anytime there's a new technology, there's head of our legal, right? Head of all of, all of our technology, uh, technologically savvy folks, SMEs are there, or, you know, uh, decision makers all sit in the room and go, okay, what do we need to be careful of when we're lo lower, uh, rolling out one of these new technologies, mm -hmm. right? Because I mentioned privacy is important. I, I live in this community just like yourself and, uh, you know, maybe man many of our viewers and we don't want this to be a police state, right? You don't want you don't want to go everywhere and just see cameras everywhere. You don't want you know everyone has we, we got to respect people's privacy, right? So basically, we have a board that oversees all that stuff to make sure we're doing things the right way. So th that's something to point out that I, I just wanted to make sure our, our viewers and everyone else is aware of. But some of the some of the challenges, right? Some of the challenges of Fusion watches, and, and quite frankly, with just technology, is there's so much out there, right? So we're vetting all these new technologies. But the old, is it Star Wars? Joe, you're going to, I'm feeling you know this answer. What's the, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. That's was right. That, yeah. Is it Star Wars? What was yeah. that from? All right. See, you probably, you're more of a nerd than I am, I bet. Um, so that, that holds true though for us, right? We've got all these technologies and capabilities, but you know, you may be at, 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 you know, let's just say level 10 and capabilities, we have to dial that back a little bit and be at a seven or an eight because we, we can't always just jump on the newest thing right away because we got to take steps and go, how are we going to do this responsibly, right? How are we going to respect privacy? How are we going to go out there and leverage this? And make no mistake, you know, cops are cops, right? Our newest era of cops are incredible, right, with technology and all that stuff. But changing the culture and policing is also a challenging thing. And you got to take the steps to get the cops used to and comfortable with something. And, I'll, and you've probably heard this before, the joke of, you know, cops always want change. Uh, but as soon as you change something, they're extremely upset and they want to go back to the uh to what they had so right you know one of the challenges is constant change and evolution of technologies right and uh i would say for fusion watch the largest challenge is is the the little mantra that i gave before right it's you want to do uh more with less and better with more and you know just like anywhere else staffing is always a challenge um you know you you don't have enough personnel to be able to leverage all the capabilities that you have and and that presents itself uh, its own challenge, but we've had great support from our sheriff, our leadership, and, uh, you know, I look forward to the future and to see where, where Fusion Watch winds up with all that stuff, so. Yeah, and I think the great responsibility that was Spider-Man, I believe, right? It was Peter Parker, right? Oh. Uncle Ben, I think. Okay, all right. See, Just well. want to make sure that we get that uh, corrected for see, the uh, the record. I, um, knew, <laughs> I knew you would know. 
So one thing I want to ask you is obviously safeguarding the public's privacy is is paramount. In in what way do you safeguard the public's privacy in say for example using facial recognition? Like what's what's the limited scope that Fusion Watch uses that technology? Yeah, another great great question. I appreciate that, Joe. So Basically, and, and I humbly say, you know, we lead the way and uh, leaders in, in the country on our facial recognition program. And we uh, have participated in national efforts, right, mm-hmm. to come up with a gold standard, so to speak, for, for stuff like facial recognition and other technologies. Uh, but for facial rec- recognition, for example, sure. right, we need criminal predicate to be able to leverage the system, right? We can't just use it for no reason. And one of the big misconceptions is like, oh, you know, is the police department using this in real time, right? Are they monitoring their cameras and doing facial? No, no. Uh, this is all an after the fact uh, investigation. And the actuality of it is, you know, an, an investigation isn't just click a button. There's a huge human in the loop, as we say, part of this, right? So if Joe Bartels is doing a, a facial recognition investigation, sure, we have our system and we have mugshots only as our database, right? So we're not going after the the average citizen. We're not using DMV or, or social media or anything like that. It's folks that have been incarcerated prior. Um, and, you know, it limits the the scope of the people that are being uh, considered the lookalike factor that are, that are in that investigation. But the average investigation takes our people. We, we log every single one. It's almost like 52 minutes for every facial recognition investigation, right? So people see that on TV. They think, oh, you're just hitting the button and then the face pops, the face right. pops up. Exactly. And that's the We've suspect, right? CSI. No, not at all. They're, they're doing uh, FBI training. And here's the here's my term of the day, right, to try to sound cool. But they're doing morphological analysis where they're looking at the different nodes of faces and ears and markings on faces, measuring. I mean, it gets really deep in the weeds on how they're doing these investigations. And so it's important to point that out. I mean, the safeguards that go into play, multiple layers of review, um, you know, there's just tons and tons of things that I I haven't even mentioned uh, to spare the audience that go into all these investigations to keep them on the up and up, right? To safeguard privacy and safety and everything to make sure that we have the, the, the full commitment and understanding of the public. So, and my friends would probably uh, disown me if I didn't touch on the, um, the cameras that, that exist, the public safety cameras. Um, there's a high concentration of them on the world lost the, the world famous Las Vegas strip, but they're also throughout the Valley. Can you maybe describe, um, those cameras and you're probably adding new ones every so often, but these are, are cameras that are, are used to be like an overwatch for like officers that are on, on traffic stops and, and those kinds of things as well. Can you maybe describe how many cameras you have off the top of your head and kind of what they what their functions are? Yeah, of course. And, you know, of course, like any other operation, everything's grassroots, right? We start with one camera and back in, I, I think it was 2007 in our downtown area, uh, you know, Fremont Street, which a lot of the audience will be familiar with. But Started on the strip, we have public safety, and these are like what we call overt, right? But you could see them. They're right. flashing red and blue lights. There's a big camera box. There's a lighted LVMPD police badge. It, it actually says police on, on almost all these cameras, right? There's no hidden cameras or anything that we're using uh, that are out there for Fusion Watch, right? I mean, yes, there's some for investigations with search warrants that, that aren't involved in, in our day-to-day activities, but... They're out there located mostly in the tourist corridors, but we do, like you said, have them elsewhere. 
Um, one of the great things about technology is when you use it uh, responsibly, but in conjunction with other things like gunshot detection or license plate reader uh, capabilities, it, it allows you to police better and, and do what a cop would do that was sitting there on the intersection, but you might not have the cop there. You know, you might not have the officer or lack of officers or, or what, what have you. So, you know, they're spread all over the valley in all different communities, um, you know, from our, and I know some of the folks listening might not know, but Summerlin is our uh, one of our, I would say, more affluent communities uh, here in Las Vegas. We have all over the place, you know, and when I say all over, I don't mean they're everywhere, but I mean spread about evenly throughout the community. And and what we do is, is we, it's basically, okay, well, hey, and they're all on major thoroughfares, right? Major roads, you see them at the intersection. So how do those work? It's basically, you know, if, if an officer is on, and we've had this happen, I'll, I'll just give an extremely brief uh, example is we have a gunshot detection uh, call that goes off, you know, in a, a regular uh, community on a major thoroughfare. Our team gets the alert at Fusion Watch saying, hey, there's a gunshot that just went off. It's eight rounds. It's a potential drive-by shooting, right? They're hopping on public safety cameras right at that intersection, and they locate the vehicle, or they use license plate reader technology to know what vehicle went through that intersection, and they go, that's the vehicle right there. Now, we, and this happened not too long ago, an officer goes to do a stop on that car, and just like you would guess, Joe, not everyone likes to uh, stay and hang around for the police. Mm -hmm. Vehicle takes off, and Fusion Watch is calling that out. Now, you consider, like we mentioned earlier about the officers out there and their job and how difficult it is. You got a, a, an officer by themselves on a high-risk you know, call a car stop involving a shooting, with 12 rounds or, you know, 12 uh, shots fired, and they're trying to do a car stop by themselves waiting for a backup or, or the helicopter or whatever to arrive, and that vehicle takes off. Fusion Watch takes the radio, they focus on, on, on their car stop, and they're giving updates, and then you got someone hops out of the car, throws the gun, uh, and th they're leveraging those cameras in real time and those technologies. We call it the, here's our second nerd term of the day, but uh, technology safety grid, right, mm -hmm. or uh, concept or, or safety bubble. And leveraging those, that layered approach of technologies is how we use those out in the field. So hopefully that was a decent example. No, for sure. And I can just think if I was a, a patrol officer, what a relief that must be to have maybe that pair of eyes that are watching my back. If I'm struggling with a suspect and I can't get to my radio or something like that, somebody's calm who's calling out the traffic for me to get other resources there so I don't have to get on the radio while I'm trying to struggle with somebody or trying to drive or something like that. So it's got to be a huge relief maybe for those patrol officers oh, as well. 100%. You bring up the, the great thing that most people take for granted out there, which is, you know, the radio traffic, right? I mean, I always give the example to our citizens or public. Imagine running, you know, a mile mm -hmm. at a, at is, or running as fast as you can with your cell phone in your hand, trying to relay important information to a loved one, right? It's near impossible. You're probably going to drop your phone, uh, you know, or if you've got your AirPods in or whatever, there's the shame, shameless Apple plug, but falls right. out of your ear, you're going to... And so our officers are chasing or running and trying and don't know what's around the corner and trying to get on their radio. And there's Fusion Watch to provide that level, you know voice of calmness and, and, and make no mistake that that excitement level that typically comes out of those officers uh, uh, mouths and onto the radio excites everybody else. Right. So now you introduce what you said. Great point. The the calm demeanor, the calm voice to now deescalate that situation. It provides for a best outcome at the end. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Lieutenant Simons, I want to ask you, do you have a couple of maybe success stories or notable achievements that you can kind of share with our listeners that Fusion Watch was really kind of critical or pivotal in, in bringing a, a situation to a, a successful resolution? 
I can. That is a tough question. That's like asking. Uh, <laughs> that's like asking your spouse, "Hey, where do you want to go for dinner?" Right. right it's exactly. like the hardest thing to answer. Right. Uh, but I'm I sorry. I asked. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's uh, what's your what's your favorite restaurant question? Right. But um, I alluded to this a little earlier. I just have to say that the coolest part about my job and the most rewarding part about my job uh, here, uh, as I look into uh, retirement here in the next year year or so, is every day I get to see these success stories, and so. And my, my team probably, you know, I say this jokingly, but probably hate me by now is every time they have one of these success stories, we share it in uh, what's called Microsoft Teams, right? We share mm-hmm. it in this forum so that, you know, I could brag about them. I could share it with the local area commands and say, hey, look how look how Fusion Watch is partnering with you. I could share it with our executive staff for critical events like you brought up. Right. So they're constantly notating these events and uh, I get to see them every day. I, I, I'm working 24-7. I'm always on my phone. I'm not bragging about that, but I'm seeing these come in every single day. And so to give two brief examples uh, that just kind of popped into my head, one of them being, I want to say it was last year uh, or it might be two years ago uh, around Christmas time this month uh, where a subject ran from police. You were talking about overwatch and helping mm-hmm. the officers out there. Traffic stop. Uh, and I'm going to butcher some of the details here, Joe, so don't come uh, holding me accountable okay, for won't. screwing some I of promise. this up. Uh, but basically a, a vehicle stop where the vehicle takes off, you know, cops give chase, officers give chase. Uh, Infusion Watch jumps, like we talked about before, jumps on one of our public safety cameras uh, right away. And I believe it was in downtown area near one of our main hotel casinos. Um, loc- and it was a very general description of the vehicle. They find a vehicle that what would set up what we call a perimeter, right? Which means cops basically make a circle or a square around where uh, the subject flees uh, to try to contain them and apprehend them. Well, the subject, some car leaves the perimeter out of a parking garage and fusion watch goes that car looks really suspicious and it's raising the hairs on the back of my neck that car needs to be stopped Mm -hmm. sure enough officers go and they do the stop Uh, subject uh, took off they eventually get the car stopped and in that car in that pickup truck was and sorry to be a little gory here but it's just the truth of the call was there was a cooler i believe there was a dismembered cut off head of a friend uh, or I guess you can't really call it a friend, but former friend of this subject, uh, body parts inside the vehicle. And that that subject just murdered one of their friends uh, at the time, I guess, but yeah. murdered the subject um, and was about to flee the scene, right? And had body parts in the vehicle. Some of the goriest, gruesomest stuff that, you know, cops deal with. And they impound, they're, they're going through the vehicle, taking all the stuff out to arrest the subject and find all these body parts. And it leads to a murder apprehension that none of us would have known about and probably would have became a cold case way down the road. So that's that's one example. I don't yeah. know if you have any feedback on that one. I'll share a second one if you're okay well, with it. Well, I, I think that's pretty incredible that, you know, Fusion Watch is watching this scene and someone had the wherewithal to say, hey, this is the vehicle or a vehicle that looks suspicious. And like you said, it led to, you know, a, a pretty gruesome discovery. But had they not, you know, who's to say what would have happened? So that's, you know, that's really in- incredible. What's the second story that you Yeah, have? yeah. So, um, and, and again, I, just to pick one, it's kind of tough. Literally every right. day they're doing stuff. But uh, the one that kind of hit home for me, and I, I think uh, a lot of the viewership would agree, was, uh, and this was several years ago now, but there was a case on a public bus uh, RTC bus right here in Vegas where there was an elderly man, I believe he was in his 80s, uh, Joe, and he was sitting on the bus and a lady came on the bus and started shouting profanities and yelling at people and he turned to the woman and simply said two words and said, be kind, right, to the lady. Well, as this elderly gentleman went to get out of the bus, you know, he has trouble getting around, I believe he had a walker, he's going down the ramp of the bus and, and this lady, uh, uh, I would say, just because he said be kind, he didn't say anything else, and this is all caught on the bus video, 
pushes the elderly man out of the bus and he dies from head injury, right? Something that's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, you know, as an elderly man, but anyone's could be anyone's family member, sure. uh, he dies, right? Mm-hmm. So this lady gets off the bus. And again, one of those cases where no one knows who that lady is, you know, she's gone and this would be a case where I hope we get her, right? Who knows? Maybe, right. maybe not. Our team does a full, uh, does a facial recognition investigation on that female. Uh, within 24 hours, she's in custody. We're in the same clothes, mind you, Joe, right? Wow. Within 24 hours, she's taken into custody, uh, full admission. She's arrested and, you know, is put away for, for that, that the crime. That crime. So that's one of those that I would say touches my heart. There's plenty of those out there, you know, I could share, but it, it's stuff like that they do every single day that makes me go home to my kids and, and be able to brag about the people I work with and the agency I work for. Uh, so, yeah, just a great story if you ask. So. Well, Lieutenant Steinmetz, thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast and the Fusion Watch Center, just unbelievable work that they do. All of the folks behind the scenes that we maybe we don't ever see, but we are thankful that they're there and they're you know, taking care of us and protecting the community. So thank you to you and your team uh, for what, what it is that they do. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today. We have explored Fusion Watch, the advanced branch of LVMPD's technical operations section that is dedicated to protecting our communities from crime and terrorism. As we conclude, remember the tireless efforts of Fusion Watch are a testament to the dedication of law enforcement professionals who work diligently behind the scenes. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with any new episodes. Stay safe and take care. Until next time.